We're in part two of the four-part series called God Never Said That. I'm Andrew. I'm the pastor of our teens here at Rockbrook. And Pastor Kelly asked me to speak a couple weeks with this series. And we're looking at four cultural beliefs about God. Things that God never said. Last week was the phrase, God wants me to be happy. God actually never said that. And this week, we are looking at what might be one of the biggest misbeliefs about God. God won't give you more than you can handle. And even if you said this, you kind of know it's not true. It's amazing how fast it seems like there is more than we can handle. My wife and I have five children. We have more than we can handle. Our oldest is a girl, and she is amazing. She serves in children's ministry. She'll serve in the uh, two- and three-year-olds. Sometimes she works in the nursery. We have four boys after her. And our first boy, kid number two, uh, he and I got in trouble a few weeks ago sitting in service. We were sitting in service just over here on Saturday evening. And he is so well-behaved. He's just great. And I look over, and he's drawn a little picture of a ninja on his bulletin. So I grab it, and I draw a little picture of a ninja attacking him. And then I drew another picture, because I thought it'd be funny. And I showed it to him, and he immediately goes, (laughs) right in the middle of service. And I thought, oh, no, I've given him more than he could handle. I covered the picture real quick, and this is when, a couple weeks ago, when Pastor Kelly was talking about demons, and it was like really serious and quiet in here, and then there's the two of us, so I am trying not to laugh, and I'm sitting there acting like I have been paying attention, you know, and and I dare not make eye contact with him, because that's just going to send me into fits, and he's going to lose, but he is remarkably quiet sitting next to me. And so I look down at him, and he's got his hand over his mouth, and he's plugging his nose, and he's just shaking. (laughs) But he's great. He was a perfect baby. Uh, Just slept through the night, never cried. He was content with whatever was going on. He was so great, we thought we would have a third child. And surprise, it's twins. And surprise, there's something wrong. Uh, They may not make it. And it was just a a fluke problem. It wasn't a a genetic thing. The two of them were sharing fluids and nutrients. And one of them was getting too much, and the other was getting too little. So we watched, and we waited, and we prayed, and we had an ultrasound, two, three ultrasounds a week done over at a specialist. And the expectation was we were going to lose one of them. And week after week, we would go in, and every time we went in, we wondered if this was the time we're going to find that one of them is gone. And we were praying, at least trying to pray. The twins came a couple months early, both of them right around three pounds and they took them, uh, delivered in the evening, and took them up to the, the NICU units. 
And that night, about 3.30 in the morning, the phone rang in our hospital room where we were, and they wanted me to go upstairs and say goodbye to one of my boys. And I walked down the hall and got into the elevator, and you're supposed to pray. And I told God, I've got nothing. I, I got nothing. But I really do believe you're real. I really do believe this. So I went up to the boys' room, and there are about 10 doctors and nurses just frantically working, just sweating, working over that little boy. And the doctor, the main doctor, he was standing off on the side, and he just kept saying, I don't understand. I don't understand. This should not be a cure. And he was getting better. And so I stood there for a while, and finally the doctor goes, well, you can go back downstairs. I thought, okay. <laughs> and a couple months, they were in the NICU, and they, we got to take them home. And now, if you see them, you'll see them. They're, they help stack chairs after the service, and you would have no idea that they had trouble. But going through that process... Seems like whenever life starts to spiral down, you know, some of you may be going through a lot right now. A financial burden, it could be a bad report from a doctor, a relationship blowing up, maybe your job isn't as stable as it once was, it could be that you're battling with depression, any number of different things. And the weight just gets heavier and heavier, and you think, I can't take any more of this. And then comes along some well-meaning Christian with Christian advice. God will never give you more than you can handle. I'm like, I'm about to give you more than you can handle. (laughs) Or the other thing we'd hear is, when God closes a door, he always opens a window. Like, opens a window? What if you're on the 12th floor? (laughs) God will never give you more than you can handle? God never said that. In fact, oftentimes the opposite is true. Now, some of you may have thought this. Some of you may have said this, thinking you were, you were trying to be encouraging. And now you're wondering, why did I think this? Why? I thought this was in the Bible. Well, you're probably thinking about a very powerful verse in 1 Corinthians. God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. Underline that. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out. It does say he won't let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But it never says that he won't give you more than what you can handle. The Bible has a history of person after person who had more than they can handle. Gideon, who says, I'm the weakest in my clan. I'm the least in my family. God, I don't have what it takes to do what you want me to do. Moses, I'm slow of speech. I'm not a good speaker. I'm not a good leader. Esther, I am very, very afraid. David, oh, King David, when the weight of his sin caught up with him, he said, my guilt has overwhelmed me like a burden too heavy to bear. I can't take it all. I'm exhausted and completely crushed. Listen to the words he says. My groans come from an anguished heart. I don't have what it takes to handle this. 
even Jesus. Jesus was looking ahead to what he would endure on the cross. Mark said that Jesus began to be deeply distressed and troubled. And he said, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. God never said that he wouldn't give you more than you can handle. In fact, I want to show you two reasons why God will allow you to have more than you can handle. Here's the question. Why would God allow you to have more than you can handle? Write this down. There are times that he wants to teach us to depend on his presence. In my life, when things are going rotten, I do a good job of depending on God. But when life is going well, then I'm like, oh, God, I haven't talked to you in a while. (laughs) Things have just been really going well. Why would God allow us to go through something that is more than we can handle? One of the reasons might be to teach us to depend on his presence. Remember Jonah? God says, go preach to the Ninevites. And Jonah says, no thanks, I don't even like them. I'm going to Tarshish. He started to rebel. And much like what some of you might be doing right now, and time after time when you rebel, your life starts to spiral downward. And that's what was happening to Jonah. He gets thrown off a ship into the water, and a giant fish swallows him up. Jonah chapter 2, verse 2 and 7. In my distress, circle that word distress. In my distress, I called to the Lord, and he answered me. Jonah didn't say, in my success, I called to the Lord. He said, in my distress. We need him during our distress, and often overlook him in our success. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord. Sometimes we get in the middle of a storm and we start to wonder about God. Life isn't going the way I thought it should. I wish this were happening. Why is this happening? If God were with me, this would not be happening. I don't understand why God is allowing this. I pray for one thing and I'm getting the opposite. God must not be with me. If God were good, this would not be happening. If God were powerful, this would not be happening. Never let the presence of a storm cause you to doubt the presence of God. Why would God allow you to experience more than you can handle? Sometimes it's to teach you to depend on him, to draw you to call on him. In my distress, I remembered the Lord and I called on him. David said this to about calling on God in Psalm. The Lord is near to all who call on him in truth. Underline call on him. Some of you may be in a storm and you remember to call on him, to seek him. And when you seek him, he will reveal himself to you. When you draw near to him, he draws near to you. Never let the presence of a storm cause you to doubt the presence of God. After we had the twins, that was scary. That, that was scary in the hospital. That was not fun. And a few years later, we found out that we were expecting again, and I was very nervous. Uh, you know, for me, I'm thinking, is it twins again? You know, how much is this going to cost? Because we still don't own the twins. I mean... <laughs> They're going to have to get jobs and pay themselves off. 
I was scared. And we finally had an ultrasound, and there was just one little guy in there. And uh, we hadn't told anybody that we were expecting, hadn't told family or anything. And uh, so I had the ultrasound, and we showed it to our family. When I showed it to my mother, my mother let out a huge sigh. She just goes, oh, I'm so glad. You looked so worried, and you were so gray. I thought you might be doing drugs. As a parent, whenever your kid's in trouble, you always think it's the worst thing. That's just how it works. You have more than you can handle. Kid number five came along with no problems. Hospital was fun. It just, just everything was normal and great. And he's been great. Now, he climbs on stuff and he jumps off of things. So we've been to the hospital several times for stitches. And then we were surprised again with kid number six. And we live on a street with a bunch of retired guys. And they like to stand out in their driveway and visit with each other. They like to watch us play. And one of our neighbors said, what's that duck running into Andrew and Annie's house? And the other guy said, that's not a duck, that's a stork with its legs wore off. We had a sonogram done, and there was just one little baby. But on a Saturday in June a couple years ago, we lost that little baby. Why would God allow you to have more than you can handle? You can be in the valley, then you can be on the mountaintop, then you can be in the valley and you can be on the mountaintop. Life just does that, sometimes frantically. I know you can experience God on the mountaintop, but I'm telling you what, I best experience him in the valley. I would rather be in the valley with Jesus than on the mountaintop without him. I would rather be hurting in his presence than on the mountaintop, unaware of who he is and what he's doing. I don't know who needs this, but you're hurting right now. You are not alone. Never let the presence of a storm cause you to doubt the presence of God. Why would God allow you to experience more than you can handle? Maybe it's to teach you to depend on his presence. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. Second reason is to teach you to experience his power. Too many of us are trying to do life on our own. And we were created to need God. There are things God wants you to accomplish. Some of you know this. And you're discovering God's power. Everybody has hardships and weaknesses. But you have found security in your very weaknesses. The Apostle Paul lived like this. To the Corinthians, he talked about a thorn in his flesh and this thing that plagued his life. He wanted it to go away. I, I don't know what the thorn is. It's most, it's most likely a metaphor for something. Scholars have speculated for centuries, and we don't know what it is. But he pleaded with God three different times to take this away. Three different seasons. This is Paul. He has done miracles. 
He has written letters to help Christians. He is an important guy. And you would think that God would listen to him, that God would heal him. If you walk with God long enough and you live in this sin-filled world long enough, you're going to find a thorn that doesn't go away. And you're going to ask God, why don't you remove this? Can't you answer my prayer? Can't you help this depression to go away? Can't you help my child with the headaches they're having? I hate seeing someone I love suffer so much. Can't you fix this marriage? Can't you turn my teen back towards you? Can't you just help me for one month not to be behind financially? God, can't you just do this one thing? And you know that he can, and he doesn't. And you think, why would God allow me to have more than I can handle? Why didn't he just do it when he could? This is exactly where Paul was. God spoke to Paul, and he said something that is so powerful. My grace is sufficient for you. Underline that. For my power, circle power, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Underline that. Because then Paul starts talking like a crazy person. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults and in hardships and persecutions and difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. He says, I delight in this hard stuff because when I don't have what it takes, I tap into a power that goes beyond my human ability to understand. I have a supernatural power of God. At Rockbrook, we really do believe this. That is why we have a process to help you. We're not just saying, hey, we're all weak. Just work through it. Trust God. We're not saying that's it. We want to help. That's why we have these classes that we do on Sunday afternoons. This growth track is designed to help you experience God's supernatural power. It's designed to help you learn how to tap into God's supernatural power when I am weak. You are designed to experience God's power. Everything was made for a specific purpose. So were you. To find out your purpose, join us for Discovery 301. At 301, you'll take an in-depth personality profile and spiritual gifts assessment. With this, you'll be able to find the exact reason why you were created, because everything works better when it's used for its true purpose. We're doing 301 today, and I have been asking the teens to take these classes. Do, do you remember what it was like to be a teenager? How would you like to be a teenager in today's world? You talk about having more than you can handle. And a bunch of the teens are planning on taking 301 today. And we want to help them discover what they are designed for. They're, after the class, we're going to stick around. We're going to play wiffle ball. So if you're available, come play with us. Come take this class. Learn how to tap into God's power. It is powerful to see a teenager begin to discover their unique gifts and, and passion. For when I am weak, then I am strong. I don't know who's hurting today. 
I pray that you may get to know him better in the valley than you ever do on the mountaintop. That you experience his power because when you are weak, he's going to be strong through you. If you're going to be a foster parent, there's going to be more than you can handle. If you're going to raise a teenager, there's going to be more than you can handle. If you have parents, there's more than you can handle. If you're going to serve in ministry, there's going to be more than you can handle. If you're a man married to a woman, or a woman married to a man, there's going to be more than you can handle. You are not created to do life on your own. If you have more than you can handle, if there is something that you wish God would do but he hasn't, and you're asking why, and you don't understand, maybe it's so you can know his presence. Because you often experience him in the valley more than you do on the mountaintop. When you delight in your weaknesses, his strength is made perfect. Why would God allow you to have more than you can handle? Maybe it's because he wants to draw close to you and reveal his presence to you. Maybe he wants to give you a supernatural power because his power is made perfect in weakness. Would you pray with me? Father, we need you. We may not have the words to say, but we believe in your power. There are so many people that are in a season of pain, and I thank you that you are a compassionate God who hurts with us, who hurts for us. I ask God that your presence would minister to those who are hurting, that as we call on you and move to discover your power, that you would draw close to us. For those that are in the valley right now, that they would not fear God because you are truly with them. In our brokenness, in our weakness, in our vulnerability, your strength is made perfect. The Spirit helps us in our weakness. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. God, I pray for the single mom that feels like she cannot go on. Give her the strength and power. For marriages hanging on by a thread, give them faith to continue to believe. God, for those who have heard bad news from a doctor, God, we thank you that you are a healer. And even more importantly, God, you are always with us. God, give us faith to continue to press into you as you reveal yourself to us. In your name, amen.